Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the Around the CFL podcast. Anthony here with you. And for today's show, we're changing the name. We are not Around the CFL podcast. We are the Manny Show. Joining us today is current Edmonton Elks wide receiver, number 84, Emmanuel Arsenault. So stick around and we'll be right back and we'll get to the Manny Show. We're joined by two-time CFL All-Star, two-time West Division All-Star, the 2022 Tom Pate Memorial Award winner, which is given to the player with outstanding sportsmanship and significant contribution to team and community, number 84 with the Edmonton Elks, Emmanuel Arsenault. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. All right, so you're from Alexandria, Louisiana, and went to Alcon State in Mississippi. What was the path that led you to the CFL? Man, it really was um, um, just kind of choosing me because really I didn't know I was headed to Canada until my mom came down to my graduation at Alcorn and handed me an envelope. And that was an invite or like a futures contract to show up to the BC Lions, invited me to camp. So um, it kind of was one of those moments where I didn't know about it until it actually happened in 2009. You played your first two seasons in Canada with the Lions, and you had your first 1,000-yard season in year two. What was your first experiences like in Canada with the Lions in 2009-2010? It was awesome. Well, that was my first time ever going through the process of getting a passport, getting on a plane. So it was all new to me, man. It was more of a cultural shock for me, just knowing that, like, man, this place do exist because most people – like me, you'd be like, Canada, where that's at? Overseas. But it's like, nah, that's part of North America. And it's bordering the United States. So, man, you know what? It was just like, <clears throat> it was surprising. Now that I look back on it and just be like, man, I wasn't educated as much. Um, or they didn't teach me this in world geography. <laughs> what goes? Because <laughs> when in the U.S., you hear about so many other countries but Canada. And that's the crazy part, being that it's neighboring. United States, but man, I think that was the very that was the biggest thing, man. How diverse it was, how diverse it was. My first time getting on an airplane and all that kind of stuff, traveling for the first time. But other than that, man, you know, life was good. Canada was good to me. I was able to make a name for myself out in DC due to my production on and off the field. So that's one place that's always like my second home, you can say. They gave me my start um, with professional football. Speaking of that experience, uh, you're able to, after that, gain some NFL experience over the next couple of years with the Vikings, the then Redskins, and the New York Jets. Uh, how was it going back to uh, the American game after spending those two years in Canada? Honestly, from the skill position, football is football. Run your route, catch the ball, block, do that. So it isn't a major difference other than the waggle and a different motion. But I just think from an all-out skill perspective, it's just all about timing, um, making a switch from the Canadian League to the NFL, you know, the politics and just being in the right situation. But more important is timing. You know, talent is a major part of it, but sometimes it's fitting the right system, having the right coaches and the right people backing you and supporting you and believing your work ethic. And in your craft, and that happens at all levels. Like, this is the situation I'm in, having someone that believes in my craft, my leadership, 
what I bring to the table, which is allowing me still in year 14 to be able to play professionally with the Edmonton Elks. So it's really about timing, having the folks that believe in your body of work and um, that can see you as being resourceful, not on the field, but also off the field, what you bring to the culture, what you bring to the locker room, and how you can make those around you better. When you headed back to Canada after that, you had a number of teams that were really coming after you hard. What made you decide to go back to BC when you came back to the CFL? I'm sorry. It's all about relationships, man. That's the one thing that gave me my opportunity. I look at it as if every team in Canada at the time was what eight, I want to say, had an opportunity, you know, to bring me aboard. But BC took a chance on a kid from small town, Alexandria, Louisiana. So it was only right to go back there. Then I stayed in touch with um, Wally um, while playing because he went from more of a GM head coach to what I would say as a mentor. You know, he wished nothing but the best for me for my success down south. And even when I came back, it was a certain expectation he held me to. It was a standard that's in place. And still to this day, we keep in touch with football and he, um, you know, he can give me the pros, the cons, the good and the bad, but he still respect my game and I still take his advice. Um, and it's 2023, <laughs> and no, 2009. So it's about those relationships and that's kind of how I am, man. I want to go where I'm appreciated, not tolerated. And I know I can make a difference and have an impact. I love that. Appreciated, not tolerated. That's a great way of looking at it. In 2018, you had a little bit of a setback. You tore your ACL midway through the season. How hard was rehabbing that and getting back to that same level after the injury? Hey, that was the fun part. One thing about me, I love adversity because it gave me an opportunity to overcome whatever that obstacle may be. But, man, my rehab was exciting. My spirits was never down. I figured as if being ready to perform and I think what I did I led the league in what touchdowns that year and was behind what Bowman and Darrell Walker in yards or so that next season so it's just like anything man life gonna throw curveballs at you you just gotta stand in there sit on it and swing when it's time and make the most of it after that um you did spend one season in Saskatchewan but then you headed down to the Frisco Fighters of the Indoor Football League uh, what was that experience like playing indoor? Probably one of my second best experiences because now I have a whole new love and appreciation for that game because it's a grind. But, um, you know, the pandemic hit. Um, I was still wanting to play football. So my dedication to the game or just wanting coaches to know that I was serious, I was like, I'll go down here and I'll play arena ball, keep me in football shape, keep me active as an opportunity to get back out outdoor. That kind of where my mindset was at with that, just to show the people that the, the game is bigger than me. It's not all about me. But what can I do to show that all I want is an opportunity to get back outdoors and play again before it's all said and done? Speaking of before it's all said and done, um, it was reported that you were considering retirement prior to uh, the 2022 season with the Elks. What brought you back outside? Man, the opportunity. And that's all you wait on. But, you know, in football, you can't sit out two, three years, wait around, and just make the decision of, hey, man, I'm going to go back and play. 
someone has to want you, someone has to see value in you, value in you. And um, unfortunately, I was blessed enough for the Elks organization to see that and see that I can still contribute and um, bring me in a camp. And it wasn't just a name, the Manny show that they got. They got a guy that's still a student of the game that take no days or plays for granted and showed up to work. So it was just a blessing for me because I can look at it and be like, well, I'm probably one of the most of current receivers leading in all categories, what I need to work for. I got all stars. You know, I'd have been on the billboards, the top of the, the as elite as you can get. I'd have been in those conversations. So what I need to show up and be in shape and play the game. But for me, I looked at that opportunity as if I never played before. I'm like, Edmonton got to get the best version of me when it's time for me to show up to camp. And I want these guys that's already on the team to be very uncomfortable because they don't know about me. So they need to know when I show up, I'm coming to get a job and take a job. And that has always been my mindset. Coach Jones and, of course, Hall of Famer G. Roy Simon came in and are kind of rebuilding the Elks right now. How do you feel your first season went in Edmonton? You know what? Overall, it wasn't the best year from a um, statistic standpoint, wins and losses. But I think for them, man, they was able to get that foundation laid and built because towards the end of the year, um, things started to click. You know, they was able to bring in different guys, evaluate different things. And I think now, giving them a full off season, they can kind of hand select the guys that they want to be a part of culture, that they can think help the organization win. So, but just looking back on last year, I just think we fell short. But also it was a lot of lessons learned in that with putting the team together, seeing which guys can play together, and um just getting an idea of how you want to move forward going into the 2023 20, season. And for them, you know, it kind of started early. We was eliminated from the playoffs. So our last three, four games was basically next year mode. You know, what new pieces we can bring in. You had guys like Dylan Mitchell, um, Taylor, um, QB, um, Kevin Brown, a running back. You had guys that were still playing late lights out, like Jake, Serezna, Konar was out there doing his thing. Um, it was just guys that was playing, but being able to look at a few younger pieces like um he not. Um, McConzo there, that's his name. That was got an opportunity to play the Sam Backer and show that he can play. So I think even though we had a bad season, it was a new start for a lot of young guys that probably wouldn't have got a look if everything went how we thought it should go. So even with taking a loss, it was wins across the board in different areas when you look at opportunities for other guys um building a little chemistry starting with the culture you want so i wouldn't look at the season as a dump even though it was a loss in a few areas we also had an amount of wins throughout the organization as well speaking of the organization last season was your first experience with the battle of alberta in the labor day classic how is that from the players standpoint Weird, because I've been all my years in D.C., and I just would always remember watching the Calgary and Edmonton game. They pull out the black uniforms and whatnot. So to be in the game was kind of crazy, like my first year in SAS. I was in the banjo bowl. And the whole little games I'm always used to watching, 
it was a fun experience being a part of it. But um, that rivalry, man, whether it's preseason, regular season, playoffs, it doesn't matter. It's just something about when playing Calgary that everything goes out the window and it's one of those pride games, but more so are you going to stand up on all 10 toes and really fight to the end? But it was exciting. Uh, you've been climbing through the record books with some of the greats of all time. A couple of weeks ago, the Elks renewed the Manny show for another season. What are you looking forward to most in 2023? Man, just being consistent, being productive, being a leader, making an impact on and off the field, but just making those guys around me much better. Um, I don't want a room with people that's getting comfortable. I don't want to be in a room full of guys that's afraid to figure things out, that want to, that don't want to do the hard work, man, and get through adversity. I just want it to be a week-to-week, day-to-day thing that each guy really looking forward to getting better 1%, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's on the field. But giving the fans something to be proud about, something to cheer about, and just get Commonwealth back to the old days, even when I first got in the league. And we used to hate coming out there to play games. It'd be cold. It'd be rainy. You know, it'd be exciting. You know, you knew the corner ball was coming from Ricky Ray to Fred Stamps or whoever he had out there. But Commonwealth was a place, man, that was like, this ain't no pushover. You're going to have to go in here and play football. So I just wanted to get back to where it was at when I first entered the league, when the field was still grass. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to experience, you know, okay, it get loud in here. These fans can get excited about football. And so it's just really doing that. But just coming back, man, and just making a splash and just having an impact is the biggest thing to me. And that's just being productive and just staying true to who I am. And that's me knowing hard work works and always find a way, not an excuse mentality. You mentioned uh, the classroom, right, as one of the things that, you know, you learn in the classroom, you put in the work. A lot of fans actually don't know what a week looks like for a CFL player. So after you come off a game, say Saturday, what does the week look like Look like, sorry, in lead up to the next game? So for me, say for instance, we played a Saturday and we might play next Saturday. So Sunday morning, you know, I'm going to wake up the next day, go over to the rec center, get a flush lift, um, trap bar, deadlift, back squats, you know, different type of work, dumbbell work. I'm going to get a lift after the game, get the soreness out. Then we'll come in and watch film, make the corrections that needed to be corrected, whether it's a win or a loss. You want to come put that game behind you. Then you look at, okay, Monday here is going to be like a day eight. So we're going to want to install for the next opponent. You know, what we're going to do to get ready for the week. Then we got Tuesday coming. You know, we're going to practice. It's going to be a good day going against the defense. We competing. Then you got Wednesday. So that's kind of like the last day of full-on competition. Um, still got to get your team lift in, keep the body healthy and ready. Then Thursday going to be more so a lighter day. And if we're on the road, we're going to travel Friday. You're ready to play Saturday. And if it's a home game, we're going to still do the meetings Friday, you know, still doing football. Then Saturday, get here. I like to wake up, get a good breakfast, hit the hot tub, cold tub. Mind right, you know, I always watch, um, listen to some music or I'll watch a couple movies here and there. That's just, you know, something that I always just do. 
and it's back to game day. But it's like you have your routine that you kind of go through. And I always watch Peaceful Warrior um, with Dan Millman, the, the Olympic movie with the guy on the rings. And I've been watching that since 2009, every game day. That or 300 is something that I watch in the morning um, before his games. But, nah, it's a full work week, man. You finish the game, you enjoy it for those 24 hours, then it's back to work. So, But a lot of fans just see the finished product. But it's a lot that goes into being able to take care of the small details. And that's why you got to put in the work. So when the games get hard, you find ways to win and find ways to come back. And that always starts with putting the work in during the week. My love is obviously media with podcasting and football operations. So my movie is actually draft day with Kevin Costner. That's my go-to movie that I watch like, all the time. <laughs> um, you won the 2022 Tom Pate Memorial Award, like we said in the introduction. What are some of the causes you're involved with off the field? Me, any way I can make an impact, I'm a part of it. But, you know, I've done things, man, through the Elks organization, Big Brothers of Vancouver, the different youth programs that's here in Texas where I'm located at, um, all the youth sports Um I even had a youth program, athletic development that I was running out of the Turf Training Center in Edmonton this year. So it's really, man, anywhere, anything I can be a part of that's for the good, to help others, give people confidence, but more so keep the young people engaged, I'm a part of it. So I really just can't put my hand on one or two things. When it comes to community service and doing things, I'm like a jack of all trades, master of none. Get me everywhere I can go. You know what? I want to be a part of that. So that's how I kind of roll with that aspect is you can never do too much good in showing love in the world. So when it comes to that, man, I just want to be able to help the best way that I can. And you're currently coaching right now. Is that correct? I run my own youth program back home, Manny Show, Athletic Development. But we're getting ready down here for like seven on seven. So I'm helping with that 14U age group. And um, that's kind of what I do every offseason. Um, I coach youth and do um, that on the side um, that runs along. So my offseason is basically I'm continuing work. So I don't play football season in and just come home and sit around. I try to find ways to get better, find ways to grow, and also just keep my skills sharp outside of me working out. So I work out four or five times a week. I coach in the evening when kids are out of school. Then other than that, it's being a husband and a father, spending time with uh, the family. I know you're really busy today. I don't want to keep you for too long, but it was an absolute pleasure having you on today. I really appreciate you taking the time. You've had a fantastic career so far, and I can't wait to see the Manny Show this year in 2023. Thanks for having me. Feel free to reach out anytime. That was our conversation with number 84, Emmanuel Arsenault of the Edmonton Elks. Elks just recently locked him up for another year, so it's going to be exciting to see what the Manny Show does in 2023. That is it for us this week. You can follow us on Instagram at Around the CFL Podcast, and you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. 
And of course, if you're liking the show, please leave a five-star review. We will be back again next week with another episode. And for now, we'll see you later. Thank you.